0: Today on this episode of Going Deeper, we are getting started with our E100 season of the podcast. I am your host, Kyle McCaskill. I'm Marie Burns. I'm Doug DeGraffenried. And today we are going to be talking about the first 11 chapters of Genesis. It's a big chunk, but we move through it pretty quickly, and we are super happy to have Pastor Doug, Reverend Doug, just all his
1: Hebrew words. And all his
0: Hebrew words. (laughs) He wants us it's just Doug, apparently. It is just Doug. (laughs) So give us a second to run the intro and we'll be right back talking about E one hundred.
2: Welcome to E100, a congregational Bible study, something that we're all going to do together. Uh, For the next 20 weeks, we'll be reading at least five passages of Scripture every week, the same passage. What's exciting about this is in a Methodist church, if there are 10 people in a room, there are 15 opinions. But this is going to be something that we are doing together, and we're going to have podcasts and Bible studies and Sunday school lessons. There will be hall conversations. This is not a sprint. This is a marathon, but um, we want to study and read God's Word together. We'll be doing weekly podcasts that will preview and premiere what uh, passages of Scripture you'll be reading and what you'll be talking about, the YouVersion app, uh, you can read or have scripture read to you on your uh, device and Kyle will put up on the screen or send out or help you get attached to the um, you version of the Bible there is actually a discussion uh, group that is based there so every five weeks we're going to stop our our podcast and answer your questions from what we have previously read so if there's just something you read you don't understand or something you read that you want uh, one of us to discuss on the podcast every five weeks we'll have a special Q&A session Um, there will be different faces Mm -hmm. doing these Um, sometimes I'll be doing them sometimes Chris sometimes Haley sometimes Becky sometimes Marie we might even turn uh, Kyle loose doing one on his own that would be scary so if you haven't spent uh, any time doing one of these kind of Bible studies I've got some quick hints for you first of all if you're going to read the scripture uh, find a Bible translation you like Something mm-hmm. that the language speaks to you, that um, you enjoy the way the literature is written, and it's okay to call the Bible literature at this point. As you begin your reading, find a quiet, quiet, comfortable place. The great thing about the Bible app is your quiet, comfortable place can be the front seat of your car hanging onto the steering wheel, mm-hmm. and you can have the nice voice reading to you. Pray a simple prayer, God, speak to me. When you're reading a passage of scripture, there are three questions you can ask of the scripture. What does the passage say about God? What does the passage say about human beings? And what does the passage say about the relationship between God and human beings? It is that simple. It is that complex. So this is something we're gonna to do together, we're gonna to study together, we're gonna to ask questions together, we're gonna to learn and journey together. And I look forward to sharing this journey with you. I'm really excited about It'll be good. the the whole deal.
0: I just I think it's uh I know the conversations that we've been having have been uh, about how powerful it is when a people read Scripture together. Mm -hmm. And so I just, I for one, can't wait to see
2: how God moves through our midst uh, through this time. The really neat things are the conversations that happen in the hallway, the people that you would never believe would ever have a Bible discussion. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm or asking questions or talking about something they read. It, it really becomes a um, a time for God to revive us yeah. and and speak to us. And there there'll still be the fifteen opinions among right. the ten Methodists, <laughs> and that's okay. That's fine. Yeah. That's that's how we learn and grow together.
1: I've been using the Bible app to listen um, ever since Becky and I taught Hebrews together and the importance of. Um, Hearing, Hearing the word and that mm-hmm. it was meant, it was written to be heard. Um, I've been listening to, since we started E100, I've been listening. And you. I don't know, I catch things maybe I missed in the past that when I'm reading, sometimes I'll admit I kind of, I might glaze over.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait a minute—an honest, candid moment. <laughs> Whoops! Well, I mean,
1: fifteen other things are running through your mind. I listen, mm-hmm. but when I listen to it, I don't. For me, that kind of holds my attention better, and so I—I'll hear things I've missed in the past and yeah. think, "Ooh, I got to ask Doug about that."
2: No, <laughs> mm-hmm. man. Well, uh, hearing is that takes us to Genesis one. That's right. Genesis 1 has a cadence. Genesis 1 has a rhythm. Genesis Mm -hmm. 1 is a majestic poem. It is high and holy and lofty. It has a pattern and a meter. And creation is very orderly. And the scientists actually love Genesis 1 because what is the first thing God creates? Light. Yeah. And if you love the the big bang theory if you love uh, the idea of the big bang you would think that something called the big bang would have been what bright Mm -hmm. so Genesis 1 uh, in this majestic hymn allows for some of the patterns we know from science to actually fit into scripture yeah and and they're they're congruent they're um they sort of make sense. Uh, you can actually read Genesis 1 beside a, beside a science textbook and you go, yeah, okay, I can see that. Um, you can imagine Genesis 1 being what the Sunday school teacher would tell you. Yeah. Genesis mm-hmm. 1. Right. Genesis 2, creation account, but that's the one that you're funny relative. Every family has a funny relative that <laughs> will tell you the truth, that will perhaps tell you the truth before you're ready to hear the truth that tells funny stories. Genesis 2 is sort of out of that genre of literature. It, it's, um, it's earthy. Mm-hmm. It, there's a lot of mud. This Genesis 2 explains why you can't keep children clean because we are basically mud creatures, we came from the mud, we want to return to the mud, and if you tell a child don't don't get dirty somehow in a white room with white carpet, they'll find a way to get dirty because mm-hmm. we're um, the scripture says we're Adam from Adama, we are you are basically a walking mud man. So the next time you, you think you are you get this lofty view of yourself, when you get the Genesis 1 view of yourself, that God <laughs> created man, and God looked out and saw man and woman, and he said, it's very good. And we go, oh, I'm very good. <laughs> well, the next time you start thinking too very good, you need to flip over to Genesis 2, because God scoops up the mud mm-hmm. and forms humanity and gives us the divine kiss and we become nefesh hayah, a living being. Um, you need to say that one again. Nefesh hayah, a living being? Mm-hmm. That's that's what the Hebrew means. Now the cool thing about it is animals are also nefesh hayah. Mm-hmm. They are also living beings. Mm-hmm. And there is this primal earthy relationship between humanity and And the animals and the earth and God tells us, look, I've given you this wonderful world. Go take care of it. Mm -hmm. Take care of the animals, take care of the people, take care of the earth. And um, if you want to be an environmentalist, all power to you, more power to you. Just base it on Genesis 2 that we're Mm -hmm. called to, to care for what God has created us created us to have. By the time you get to Genesis 3, and I'm going through the readings you're going to have in the first (laughs) week, by the time you get to Genesis 3 and you notice I'm going quickly so Marie won't stop me with questions. Yeah, Uh, They're coming. uh, Don't worry, I'm pacing myself. She's loading up. (laughs) By the time you get to Genesis 3, you are introduced to the serpent, to what we call uh, the fall of man. Uh, And there are a lot of questions and and comments that may arise out of that you're also going to read Genesis 6 which is the flood Um, an interesting account you know because Noah is the first boat builder he's the first boater Lots going on, and if you read the text carefully, you'll understand how Noah got the animals in the ark two by two, because it wasn't until after the flood that animals developed a fear of humans. Mm-hmm. So you've got that. Genesis 8 is the covenant that God makes with Noah. Um mm-hmm. And there's some interesting things in the text at at Genesis 8 that I hope you'll read and understand and see. Genesis 11 is the Tower of Babel. Um, And so what you have in the first 11 chapters of the book of Genesis, what you're going to read this first week of E100 is what theologians and scholars and Bible folks call prehistory. Mm -hmm. The history of the Jewish people, the history or God's story with his people begins in Genesis 12 with the call of Abram. So you're reading ancient stories, and the question then becomes, how do we read them? Um, Marie's just itching to ask, is it... What's the word you want to use? Is it
1: literal? Okay, so... (laughs) Told you she was itching. Did you
2: see her move? She leaned in. I'm going to ask him.
1: It's it's a question for all times. You've got Genesis 1 and Genesis 2. You've got two creation stories. Mm -hmm. And it is some that has decimated relationships do you is it literal do you did genesis one happen we have seven 24 hour days okay um and then and then why why two why two accounts accounts? but let's start with that literal question was it seven
2: or six literal 24 hour days literal days the hebrew word yom is the hebrew word for day yom can mean a literal 24 hour period of time Mm -hmm. sun goes up sun goes down actually the jews counted it from the sun going down to the sun going down again that's how they counted their day um the hebrew word yom can be a short (laughs) non-specific period of time um you know when are you coming I'll be there in a couple of days well you know back before we had airplanes and, and cars mm-hmm. a couple of days you know it yeah. could be a week it could be 10 days the Hebrew word yom can mean an undetermined period of time mm-hmm. what does Second Peter say about a day A day of the Lord is what? Like
1: a thousand days elsewhere.
2: Like a thousand years for us. Mm -hmm. So here's where I get you. Remember, this is an overarching theological statement, y'all. God is not confined in time. Mm Mm-hmm. God is not confined in time. And how we measure time and want to measure time, God says, well, that's your thing. That's not my thing. Right. So God has the power that if he wanted to do it in six minutes, he could have done it in six minutes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And Genesis 1 affirms that power and majesty and glory of God. That God speaks creation into being. He doesn't get down and, and play with the mud. God says light, and we have light. Mm-hmm. And God blesses the light and sees that it is good. Mm-hmm. Genesis 2, okay, the God of Genesis 1 is Elohim. Mm-hmm. Y'all, Elohim is a plural, Elohim. If you wanted the singular, it would be L, E L, E-L, but God is Elohim, mm-hmm. and immediately the Christians go, "Ah, that's the Trinity." Mm-hmm. No, that's known as the Majesty of Power. Okay, it's it's describing God is so big he can't be singular. Mm-hmm. By the time you get to Genesis two, we're introduced to a new God. He's got a new name. He's Yahweh Elohim. Mm-hmm. So we've got the the four letter technical tetragrammaton name that. Mm-hmm. God gives to Moses at the burning bush suddenly paired with this Elohim and Okay, y'all. <laughs> just relax now, okay? Get get out of your Sunday school mode, just just relax for a minute and play with the scripture. In Genesis 1 God is magisterial he's he's kingly in genesis 2 it's almost like god is this do-it-yourself guy out in his garage you know he's kind of he's working on the animals and and genesis 2 is where you get the the dinosaurs Mm -hmm. because god did a beta test with the lizards he went nope Lizards, reptiles, too big. i got to come up with another version of them. Shrink them down and and see what happens. And and can you imagine? Have you watched your kids play in the mud? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's all kinds of... God is playing, and and we become a product of God's enjoyment. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, A product of His love and grace. And... And I have a note written to myself that that this is the divine word of God inspired. We're called to respect it, not protect it. And what we get into with is it literal is our desire to protect scripture. Hmm. Our desire to, to take all the chaos out of it, to take all the confusion out of it. And make it a very nice, rational, 21st century, Western thinking book. And it's not. Mm-hmm. It's about God's relationship with humanity. It's about God's grace always reaching down for us, always seeking us, always pursuing us. And our powerful ability to hold God at arm's length. Mm-hmm. Now, the other thing floating around in the book of Genesis, particularly, and this stays all through the book of Genesis, is the commandment that human beings almost kept, where God told us to be fruitful and multiply. Mm -hmm. Because when you read Genesis, there's a lot of fruitful and multiplying going on. But with fertility comes frivolity. Mm -hmm. And so you see... Later on, you see stories of um, Esau and Jacob. Mm -hmm. You see dysfunctional families. You see Joseph (laughs) and his brothers. Lots of dysfunctional families. Lots of dysfunctional families. And you wonder what's going on here. Well, sin has now entered into the equation of be fruitful and multiply. Yeah. Um, And the other thing with the first 11 chapters in the book of Genesis and we don't get it because the translators have taken them all out there are a lot of puns in mm-hmm. Hebrew they're parodies in Hebrew yeah and so we want to approach the scripture with Sunday school seriousness mm-hmm. and the scripture has this sense of humor that says I want to take you on a journey, and I want you to stay with me on this journey. For instance, in the Garden of Eden, whose fault is it?
1: Oh, it's Adam's.
2: No, 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 no. (laughs) Whose fault is it? Who's the snake talking to? Adam. He's talking to Eve. He's talking to Eve. But Marie's right. It's Adam's (laughs) fault, because if you read back in the second chapter, the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to till it and to keep it. Ah, before the fall we were working uh-huh. to till it and to, to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, You may freely eat of every tree in the garden. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day you eat of it you shall die. And the Hebrew says, In the day you eat of it dying you shall surely die. You can't get any more dead than dying. You shall surely die. <laughs> so God told Adam, Don't eat of it. Uh-huh. Well, the serpent comes along to tempt Eve. And and uh, y'all, I think it's interesting that the first temptation is based on a theological conversation. Mm -hmm. So, does that mean you can get in trouble discussing theology? You better bet you... So the snake, the <laughs> serpent, wants to sit down and have a theological conversation and is talking to Eve. Did God say, you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that's in the middle of the garden, nor shall you touch it, or you shall die.
1: What oh, does yeah. she add? She
2: adds, mm-hmm. <laughs> touch, Don't touch it. it. yeah. How did she come up with that? Mm -hmm. Because you know that's what Adam told her. (laughs) Yes. You keep your hands off my power tools. Mm -hmm. Don't touch them. Terrible things will happen to you. You keep your hands off my electronics. Don't touch it. Bad things will happen to you. Uh So, So when he's
1: lost it, who does he ask to find it? I'm just
2: saying. That's right. The woman. Where is it? So... Rather than dissecting scripture and 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 let's cut it into words and phrases and put it under the microscope and see if it makes logical sense, let's let it be a story. Mm-hmm. A story. Douglas Adams has written a book and the title of the book is A Prostitute in the Family Tree. And the book is about Bible stories. Mm-hmm. And you both will understand this because you have children your parents tell you stories Mm -hmm. when you come up whining to your mom about I don't want to get on the school bus your mom will tell you well You need to get on the school bus because when I was a little girl, I had to walk to school. And it was uphill both ways. And I had to walk in the rain and the sleet and the snow and the hail. And you need to appreciate what you get to do by riding on the school bus. Mm -hmm. That's how we tell stories. It's a moralistic Mm -hmm. story designed to elicit a certain behavior out of our child. God tells grandfather stories. The grandfather stories don't leave out the details. Mm -hmm. Granddaughter comes and says, Granddad, was it true that mom had to walk to school? Oh, yeah, sonny. She had to walk to school. She had to walk to school for for six weeks. You know why she had to walk to school? Because she didn't study her chemistry, and she failed chemistry, (laughs) and she was grounded. (laughs) So, when you've got Jacob and Esau, Mm -hmm. and obviously you've got a story where the father favors one child and the mother favors the other child, how dare the Bible tell a story like that? Mm -hmm. You know, we try to fix it rather than hearing it. Mm -hmm. How are your families?
1: Imperfect.
2: Mm Imperfect. And it may be the Smothers Brothers were right that mom did like you better. Um so we need to hear these redemptive stories, we need to let them be stories, and we need to let the conflicts just, just be with them, because mm-hmm. they're in there. Um, and it, it's the way that storytellers tell stories. And that's how the Bible in its infancy was transmitted, by people sitting around a campfire telling the stories of God. And you have a lot of these different stories in the first five books of the Bible known as the Pentateuch. And, um, you know, obviously Moses wasn't around for all of this. So we'll give Moses the credit for collecting the stories Mm -hmm. and maybe editing the stories. And we'll talk a little bit later on about editing. It's Mm -hmm. not a bad Bible word. So... You're going to read ancient stories. You're going to read stories that are connected to other stories. In in Genesis 6, uh, right before the flood, God gets upset with people because the, the, what does it say? The sons of God saw the da- daughters of men, that they were fair. And guess what? They decided mm-hmm. to be fruitful multiply. And the Nephilim were created in Genesis 6.4. Mm -hmm. I'm going to ask you, Marie, do you know about the Nephilim? Have you heard about them before?
1: Just bits and pieces that there's a lot of conjecture of who they are. But I don't know They're the the
2: early Canaanites, and the spies go into the land, and they spy out the land. Okay. And Joshua and Caleb say, let's take the land. Mm -hmm. And the other ten spies say, but the Nephilim, the giants Mm -hmm. are in the land the Nephilim go all the way back to Genesis 6, the Tower of Babel. Mm -hmm. Does Babel sound like any country in the Bible? No. Well, Babylon. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And what you've got in in Genesis okay y'all I can't hear you do this but I'm going to do this one time maybe the only time I do it because Kyle may not let me do it anymore (laughs) Genesis 11 is the Tower of Babel Mm -hmm. and what you need to look for in your Bible is Isaiah 14 which is the funeral dirge of the King of Babylon you have the Tower of Babel falling, and then you have Isaiah 14 describing You are fallen from heaven, O day star, son of the dawn. That's not Lucifer, that's the king of Babylon. How you are cut down to the ground, how you, have the nations, have been laid low. You said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven. What were they doing at the Tower of Babel? Mm-hmm. Trying, to, get to, Trying to ascend to heaven. I will raise my throne above the stars. I will sit on the mountain assembly at the heights of Zephon. I will ascend to the tops of the clouds. I'm going to make myself like the most high. But you are brought down to the pit to Sheol. So when you try to glorify yourself, when you try to be bigger than you really are, God has this funny way of knocking you down, even if you're the king of Babylon. Do you suppose Genesis 11 and Isaiah 14 are connected? They are. Centuries apart, Mm -hmm. but they're connected because this curse of Babylon um, will carry through, and we'll see how the Babylonians will cause off. kinds of trouble for those Hebrews so I want to say that as you read you know the first 11 chapters um, don't try to figure out dates and times and places Mm -hmm. and how much water was used Um, just just relax and be with the story you know um, Noah um, I can't even get to how punny his name is no. We'll Explain, please. Well, yes. let me. Let okay, me, so. Okay. So you know, you keep, keep, keep saying
1: puns. Puns. And I'm. The kind of puns I'm around every day. Is Kyle. Is Kyle. Yeah, is Kyle. And his okay. t shirt. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, well, that's okay. For those k- listening at home, it's a hammer and it says this is not a drill. Hmm. So <laughs> when you say that it's full of puns, I. The temptation is to hear you say it is this. Not so serious, <laughs> off the cuff, full of jokes. Not serious.
2: It, it's it's all right, it, let's Noah. Noah's name means rest. Okay. Rest. What it did, did not, God? Uh, what did God tell him to do? Build. Build, build, build a build, boat. Build. How long did it take him to build the boat? Long time. Long time. So he's building a boat. He is. Um, You know, can you imagine the boat and, and can you imagine having to clean the bottom of that boat out daily and all the stuff you had to do to deal with the boat? And those of you in Louisiana, it's Noah's fault we have love bugs. <laughs> yep. <laughs> So Noah's name means rest, it means relief, it means comfort. What is the first thing that Noah does once the flood is over? What does Noah discover for us? Wine. Wine. <laughs> and what does Noah do with his wine? He drinks it. He over buys. <laughs> and thus Noah becomes the one that shows us real comfort and relief. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the Bible's saying, look... You can take God's gifts and you can take them too far, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so you got this guy named Relief, and and what does he do? Well, he <laughs> he he creates relief for sin. He mm-hmm. he creates a way through sin. He also creates a, a viticulturalist. He becomes the first wine grower, mm. and he just is. <laughs> Not so good at the end, but the, the funny thing about it is when God's making the covenant, you turn to the 8th chapter, the 21st verse, every decade I buy a new Bible, and mm-hmm. so my Bible is new. The floods happen, the waters have subsided, God is promising to Noah the rainbow, but listen to what God says. I will never again curse the ground because of humankind for the inclination of the human heart is evil from youth. (laughs) You can argue that the flood didn't work. Mm -hmm. That if God was trying to eradicate sin, it didn't work. So, what then is the flood? What do we learn about it? What what parallels do we draw within our own lives? Um, what do we see from these stories? And for in some of these cases, I can't answer that for you because you have to answer it for yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, where I want us to get with E one hundred is not so much we become proficient at reading the Bible, but we learn to let the Bible read us, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and we learn to hear God speaking through a story, truth yeah. to us, because. These words are true. These words are powerful. These words are redemptive. Um, What I have noticed as
0: I've read more and more is that I don't necessarily have more answers like you're saying. Mm-hmm. what i learn is how to ask better questions yeah, because absolutely i think like once that. once we get into this and we start asking better questions i know i've talked about this in the mm-hmm. past yeah on on past episodes of this podcast but when we ask better questions then it allows us to learn just a little bit more and then ask even better questions mm-hmm. because we're never going to get the answers to all the questions we're never going to know True. all the right questions to ask
1: it's becoming and it's becoming okay with that yeah not having all the answers. So, the temptation for a lot of people, and probably all people at Mm -hmm. some point or another in their faith walk, is to approach, especially the Old Testament, as an historical book, as a la my world history class book, with dates, and Mm -hmm. we're looking, people are looking to this as being, this most definitely happened every Mm -hmm. time, and if we just tried harder, we could figure out exactly when and where it happened, and we fell into that trap a couple of times with Joshua. yeah. And and so what do you, so what do you say to that, especially in light of Genesis and the story of Noah? Knowing other groups have stories, other religions, yeah, of a great flood. Like, oh, good. So Noah really happened. That raises a lot
2: of questions. Okay, so the the. the Humanity, according to archaeologists and all the other ologists out there, say mm-hmm. humanity basically started in the Fertile Crescent. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Uh, the three primary religions—Christianity, Judaism, Islam—come out of the Fertile Crescent. Mm-hmm. There are all these stories that are paralleled, mm-hmm. and what I think you have in the first eleven chapters of Genesis is God's people telling. Their, not their version of the story, but God's people saying, "We have one God. Y'all have this pantheon of deities. Uh-huh. We have one God, uh-huh. Yahweh, Elohim, uh-huh. El Shaddai, El Elyon, whatever you want, whatever uh-huh. Hebrew term you want to use for God." And here are our primal stories, uh-huh. and the primal stories are all relational in nature. They are human beings are not created as an accident. Uh-huh. We're not an afterthought. We are the apex of God's creation. Mm -hmm. And even as human beings become flawed and sinful, you can still see God in his love and grace. I mean, poor old Adam and Eve, after their sin, God's walking through the garden and they're hiding. And, you know, God said, where are you? And Adam said, I'm hiding because I'm naked. And God said, who told you you're naked? And they're poor old Adam and Eve. They're mm-hmm. hiding, and they've sewn fig leaves together to hide their <laughs> delicate parts. And I don't know if you felt the backside of a fig leaf. Oh, but we had you a fig tree growing up. You, you don't want <laughs> the fig leaf near your delicate parts. Mm-hmm. And, and God does the curses, but it also says, and God took animal skins and sewed them together and covered the man and the woman.
1: So we have the first animal sacrifice?
2: We may have the first animal sacrifice, but we also have God being gracious and mm-hmm. loving. And that that's the difference in these stories versus the other stories that are similar mm-hmm. uh, coming out of the Fertile Crescent. That's why I said Genesis 1 through 11 is prehistory. Genesis 12 is where you get to the history of the Jewish people. Mm-hmm. Father Abraham mm-hmm. had many sons, and many sons had Father Abraham. Okay. So... Um, yeah. So read it, and and I'm gonna come back to something you said. Don't be afraid to ask the hard questions. I've got. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you got more. I'm. <laughs> They're gonna have to wait for next time. Oh, good. Next we'll time. We'll
1: be in week two. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But, uh huh.
2: But but got week one questions. <laughs> the hard the hard questions, and and listening to your friend or church member ask a hard question. Mm-hmm. Um. You don't have to say. Let me. Tell you the answer. You can say, "Well, I don't know. I haven't thought about that." Mm -hmm. And you can ask one of the the clergy or one of the staff, or you can submit it. Kyle's going to come up with a way for y'all to submit questions for us to to handle every five weeks, and we will deal with some of those. But don't be afraid of the questions. I'm going to submit some questions (laughs) from this
1: week that he didn't get
2: to. (laughs) Okay, give me a give me a hint of what I missed.
1: Well, no, it would have been going down the road of the curses. That uh-huh. it's, it's a whole other...
2: Uh-huh. Ah, and the teleological statements in Genesis 1 through 11. Yes. That's a that's a really big word.
1: It is. He's used a few of those. We're going to need definitions. <laughs> it it means explaining
2: the why things are the way they are. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I like that
1: chronos time mm-hmm. chronos
2: time kairos time mm-hmm. yes
1: in reference to Genesis 1 and 2 when you when you've got your yeah when you've got your people who are hung up on the 24 hour a day and mm. and there's a whole discussion there about if you're hung up there there's might be a problem
2: yeah. Especially well, yeah. if you're
1: breaking off relationships because somebody doesn't necessarily agree, and I'm with you. If God wanted to do it in six minutes, it would have happened in six minutes. Yeah. Are we getting hung up on the wrong question? See, I've got so many things we could talk about. We don't have time. Chronos mm-hmm. versus what was the other one?
2: Kairos, Kairos the time. crisis time, yeah. um, the time to make a decision, yeah. and. Um, Okay, let's say you've got that person that God created the world in six days, six 24-hour days, and just cuts off all conversation to the contrary. But on their way to McDonald's, grabs their bag and wads it up and throws it out the window. What has that told you about how they feel about Genesis? You see, Scripture, it all comes back Mm y'all and y'all, it all comes back to does this change the way you relate to God? Does it change the way you relate to His creation? You know, if you and Kyle and Becky, who's off stage back there hiding, um, (laughs) if you're all created in the image of God, then I relate to you as created in the image of God. Mm -hmm. And that changes how Hopefully, uh, we react to one another. I think
0: I might have mentioned something about that in a sermon I preached once. Could be. I liked your your big Jesus, little Jesus. Uh Mm -hmm. That was good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, all right. So I think that's going to end it for today. I've got here, for those of you all who are watching on YouTube, I've got a copy of the E100 book that you can get. We'll have a link for the E100 study guide in the show notes today and in the description below. However, However
1: you you don't have to have the book. And in this fact, is true. We have punch cards if you haven't gotten yours already. We have punch cards. If you just want to keep up with the daily reading, you can do that. And if you want to do the Bible app version, it'll have a devotional mm-hmm. that goes with it. It doesn't look exactly like what's in the book. You don't have to have the book. Um, to do
0: this. That's right. So we have been using the Bible app. We uh, have, yes. And it does track pretty well with the hard copy book. Mm-hmm. There are some minor differences in the... Uh, or there are differences in there the are. devotional so readings. The, but... The book and the punch
1: card is five days a week reading. Yeah. The Bible mm-hmm. app will have you reading every single day. Yeah. If you want to keep with those not doing the Bible app, you just... Skip two days yeah. every week. and So okay. be an
0: overachiever, and you know, use the Bible app and do it every day. Or be like the rest of us and
2: do it five days a week. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the preachers will be preaching from something you have read the previous week. Excellent. So yes, that is correct. We'll be hearing sermons from a passage that you've dealt with. Yeah. So this
0: is a whole church endeavor. Uh, I, I know. This is going to be a really fantastic journey. If mm-hmm. today's episode has is any indication of how deep we're going to get, and are oh. going deeper, uh, we're we're bringing our shovels next time. I think <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, shovel. There there are two Hebrew words That's for shovel, <laughs> uh, and one of them can mean anyway. Go yeah. ahead. So, with that
0: said, if you don't already subscribe to us. Check us out on YouTube, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, and what's the one I'm missing? Google Podcasts, that's right. Uh, So like the video if you're watching it, leave us a comment, Uh, definitely give us a rating. That helps more people get the podcast recommended to them so that if you like what you're hearing, more people will like what they will hear if you recommend it. With that, Please like us. (laughs) Please like us. All right. We will see y'all next time.